With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Purple Insider is presented by Oakley. Express yourself, build a look that's made for you. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Try it for yourself. Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality. So head on over to Oakley.com for more information today. and Jonathan Harrison here and uh, Jonathan I want to start the show we got a lot of football to talk about we've got some uh, fill in the blanks from pro football talk headlines which I know uh, we had a lot of fun with last time and you have maybe spent the last several days prepping on the best possible answers but I think I want to start with a Patrick Royce tweet actually this is really important really important to my to my life and my well-being So there was a story from Reuters that says this exclusive aspartame, one of the world's common artificial sweeteners is said to be declared a possible carcinogen next month by a leading global health body, pitting it against the food industry and regulators. That sounds pretty scary, uh, especially for those of us who consume a lot of diet soda, especially Mm -hmm. Diet Coke. But, you, you know, Diet Dr. P is always in the house. Uh, and here's here's Patrick's tweet. This may be one of the greatest tweets ever sent in the history of this website. Okay. Patrick wrote, this wonderful product is the sole reason my mind remains sharp in my, my 78th year on the planet. It gets me going in the morning, relaxes me at night. My one bout with the vid had very mild symptoms thanks to Diet Coke. It is the nectar of the gods. Thanks for all you do for me, Diet Coke. That is, and and I said, there's never been more truth ever. Look, I'm just taking my chances. I I do so many other things to try to stay healthy in this world, like eat a Taco Bell all the time. (laughs) I am just going to take my risk. But I just wanted to point that out, that I don't believe I've ever read a more perfect tweet than what Patrick Royce crafted about Diet Coke. Look, you know what? Aspartame, I don't care. I don't care. We're just going for it. I, I, I'm going to take it. That, that tweet is so couched in like, they think it might be maybe according to one person who is going (laughs) to maybe say a thing like, look, I don't care. It's delicious. It's wonderful. And uh, I'm going to go forward. Am I, am I wrong for just going forward with diet Coke and every other diet soda throwing caution to the wind with whatever the heck is in there? No, you're not wrong. You, as uh, as was the popular phrase, probably what ten years ago. You really only do live once, so uh, why not just have at it, man? Like, you you're you're a runner. You go out and run. You take care of yourself well enough. I mean, you can have this one vice, and 
if it possibly has a carcinogen, then it possibly has a carcinogen. But you do well enough to take care of yourself. You're allowed this one thing that might be risky. Who knows? I mean, you, you really only do live once, so might as well just live it up. Here's what I want to throw out there. It's funny that we're saying these things about Diet Coke, like not <laughs> cocaine. Yes. Right. right. So you're like, you're in shape. You can snort a little blow and be fine. Like, you know what we're talking about? Talking about Vegas, Diet Coke yes. here. All right. Also, I just want to throw out there, and I know I sound like the smoker who's like, my grandpa smoked for 78 <laughs> years and he was totally healthy at the end. Yeah, one of his lungs fell out, but that's not the point. I'm not trying to be that guy, but I'm just saying that possible things that might be bad for you. I live next to the airport. And I also had to put a thing in my basement to pump out the whatever it is that's in your base. You know, what's in basement. What is it called? I forget. What radon. Uh, radon. Yeah, yeah I, have I have a radon yep. thing that we had to put in to pump mm-hmm. out radon or whatever. You know, there's pitfalls to everything. We Even all just in- breathed in Canadian wildfire smoke for the past month and a half. I think we're fine with some diet soda around here. I went for a jog. I waited till the bad air quality, whatever, went down <laughs> enough. But I was like, I don't know. It says only for old people. I'm just going for the jog anyway. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, caution to the wind on that. But uh, that that is what is on my mind because it's summer. But we do have a lot of uh, football things to talk about. And I want to start with, you know, something else. I, I'm going to start with the second thing uh, that I sent you in the email just because I saw that our friend Arif Hassan wrote about this as well. And it's it's a little bit of a weird development in the analyst world. So there's very few news stories in the NFL that are going on right now in general, right? You got DeAndre Hopkins is a free agent. Where is he going to go? I suppose maybe they haven't really noticed the Daniil Hunter situation because I have not seen that on any of the NFL lives come up very often. It's a lot of DeAndre Hopkins and it's a lot of Delvin Cook. And every time I see Delvin Cook get discussed, the most recent was on the Pat McAfee show, but also there's been NFL Network, NFL Live, whatever. He is being talked about as an elite running back still. And the the word elite has been used. And that is a little bizarre to me because the Vikings decided not to have him on their football team anymore. And we know they're not tanking because Kirk Cousins is still on their football team. And I just would like to know from the people who are calling him elite, where the elite is, where it's been for the last two seasons in sort of typical fashion with Vikings stuff. The outside world is quite a bit behind on what's going on. And this seems like being quite a bit behind. And there was this reaction in general of what are they doing cutting Delvin Cook? And we've been reporting that they were going to cut Delvin Cook since March or trade Mm -hmm. Delvin Cook for lots of reasons, but in part, because the health, the statistical factors, uh, the, the age curve, all these things, and yet you keep seeing it come up. It's almost like since he got cut by his team, he's become so much better in the eyes of people to the point where you're hearing commentary that he helped Justin Jefferson, which is patently absurd. If anything else, it would have been Justin Jefferson helping Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook because teams were playing two deep safeties all the time, and there's... And there's easy places to find this stuff, folks. It's not very hard. You go to the NFL next gen, look at how many eight men were in the box. Maybe this should have been our Oakley stats focus. You know what? We should make this our Oakley stats focus. We're talking about it. uh, Presented by Oakley, which is the sunglasses that I am currently wearing. And uh, something we do each week. 
it's it's been almost like the outside world has not wanted to look at the numbers with Delvin Cook with everybody else that's what we do if we're making a case if we're making an argument if we're going to say a player is elite we show our work and with this it's not just the rushing yards over expected which i think told a pretty clear story when Delvin Cook had the worst number in the league in terms of total rushing yards over expected also the fact that he had the most runs of zero or negative yards last season that's a pretty significant factor the fact that his yards per touch has gone down for four straight seasons that his 4.5 yards per carry last year was actually not a good number because the rest of the league actually had more running success so it, it was much more of an average number since he ranked in the bottom quarter of running backs by PFF grade, which I think is a pretty strong measure since they're watching every play and grading it. This is not the same elite player that he used to be by the numbers. That doesn't mean that the next place he goes, he's going to be bad. Uh, I think last year is probably closer to average and you know, maybe he wasn't as good of a fit as he was with the zone running, but it is bizarre to see just flat out ignored all evidence that could be gathered in very easy places to get evidence, even just the yards per touch, which went way down, um, you know, since his, his best years. I, I don't know. Why do you think this is? Is it because people just want to kind of hype it up? Uh, is it because they like them? They're a fan of it. I don't really understand with almost everybody. We generally look at them and, and try to analyze it statistically and, and pick out the trend. But I don't know, is, does it make for a better topic if you're saying whatever team gets this guy, it's going to be amazing because I just don't really see much evidence that that's the case. I think people only remember the big runs and they don't because they're not watching the Vikings play in and play out like like Vikings fans and you and I are. They only remember the big runs against the Colts, against the Bills, those 80-yard runs that flipped the game entirely in the Vikings' favors in those moments that they needed them last season. So I think people are thinking that, oh, that's Dalvin Cook playing and play out. And the last great Vikings running back to leave there was pretty dang good too. It's just like, but that's not what Dalvin Cook is, especially going into his age 28 season. That's This is when we start talking about running backs falling off a cliff and Dalvin Cook started to show that last season. As you said, it wasn't Dalvin Cook helping Justin Jefferson out. It should have been the other way, but every conceivable stat you can come up with showed that it didn't really help Dalvin Cook out because he just wasn't as good last year. And you can blame it on the shoulder injury all you want, but last I checked, running backs or people don't run with their shoulders. Yes, running or a having a healthy shoulder is going to help with impacts and being able to bounce off tackles a little bit better, but he could have run just fine. And from everything we saw, he was running just fine. It's just he wasn't able to be as successful last season for one reason or another. And I think a lot of it is just coming down to people only remember the good things. They don't remember the bad or the kind of average to bad things that is most of his play at this point. And as he said, uh, I, I can't remember which interview it was. He said it a couple of weeks ago that he's not really in for an offense that passes a lot. He want, He's a three down back and wants to run all the time and be that guy. And Sorry, but that's just not NFL offenses that succeed anymore. You're not going to win a Super Bowl by being by leaning on a running back anymore. That's just not how the NFL is played today, and it's not you're not going to find that in any offense around the league that is on a successful team. It's just 
that's not how the NFL is going to be uh, played right now. And as you said, the Vikings played a lot of two deep safeties, so there should have been plenty of success, but there just wasn't. I mean, as you said, uh, the yards per attempt went down for the past three years from 5.0 in 2020 all the way down to 4.4 last year, and that should have been a lot higher considering where the rest of the league was. So it for me, it's just a lot of people remembering those couple big runs and those big turnaround games for the Vikings. Yeah, so I was pulling up some more of the numbers, and I agree with you that uh, everybody saw what happened in that Buffalo game and remember that big run. He didn't have another 100-yard game after that yep. the entire season. And going by the PFF grades, relative to his carries, there was 32 running backs that at least got, let me pull up the number, I believe it's, that at least had 180 carries, okay? And Delvin Cook graded by PFF 28th out of 32 for running backs that had at least 180 carries. That is not people paying much attention to the actual games that happened. It's entirely name recognition uh, and, and not trying to, you know, kind of even take two seconds to look into it or just playing completely into uh, a narrative here. And I think that people in the comments here, I'll put some on the screen, have this exactly right when it comes to Delvin Cook. And again, I, I want to say that under the right circumstances, I think that he could help a team a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he goes to Miami and he splits snaps with Raheem Mostert, they have a tremendous passing game. Uh, they could split snaps. It comes from the running game that is designed by Shanahan in San Francisco. That's where the roots of that running game are. It could be very successful. So not being like hating, saying he can't do it, but if you think he's the same running back, if you think he's a lead, if you think that he was making Justin Jefferson better somehow, like what are we what are we doing? I and normally I just these things just kind of go right past me because there's so much analysis of football and everything else. But with him being one of the main talking points, it's just so inaccurate. And I think that you know this is something I've thought of as well from Matthew here. Probably why Kevin O'Connell talks so much about improving rushing efficiency this year. Uh, Right. I mean, he talked a ton about that. In fact, by uh, expected points added, I can call this up. I mean, they were one of the worst running games in the entire NFL. And again, this is not stuff that I have like secret stats on. This is pro football (laughs) reference. They're 27th in expected points added through the run. Like that's not very good at all. And you know, who knows that is Kevin O'Connell. He knows that that running game was not very effective last season with Delvin cook, that it wasn't a great fit. And part of it might have been that, that it wasn't a great fit. But I just want to know if he's so elite, like why did they just cut him? And you could say they're tanking, but there isn't really evidence that they're tanking. There's evidence that they're transitioning their roster and moving on from older, less effective players. Oh, older, less effective players? Like look who look who he falls under the category of that they cut. It's all guys that were older and either banged up or not at their best. Uh, and so I guess he's different. Um, I don't know. It's just weird. I, I try not to get too caught up into the, like people are saying, but it's really just, uh, every time I've seen it talked about, that's the way that that discussion is gone. It's like, wait, am I crazy? Or did I watch all the plays and not see the same player that we had seen before? Uh, Hunter says people who call Delvin cook, uh, I assume you mean elite have not looked at the advanced stats nor actually watch Vikings football. They see highlights and say, look at this 70-yard touchdown against the Bills. I think that is absolutely right. Uh, Joseph says name recognition and fantasy. Yeah, I think he had a decent fantasy year last year, all said and done. Something else that I noticed that I was talking about that rushing like yards per attempt and how much it went up. 
And I just noticed this, that last year there were, let me, let me pull this up here. 13 guys who rushed like regularly, like starting running back bell cow back 13 of 32, who averaged at least four, uh, 4.5 yards per carry. Interestingly, I went back a couple of years and there were only five. So there were way more guys who were getting more than four and a half yards per carry. So we have this number in our head, sort of like a hundred quarterback rating. Like, well, if you had a 97 quarterback rating, but 97 quarterback rating isn't what it was even a couple of years ago. And I think four and a half yards per carry at one time, even five years ago was really good. But now with all these defenses playing way back, there's a lot of guys who are averaging more than that. And that is basically uh, just kind of average. So uh, anyway, it's, it's a, you know, it's an interesting discussion because it, I don't mean to downplay how good of a running back Delvin cook was, but it's also just bizarre that there's no other side of this discussion. The contract that the Vikings gave Delvin Cook was not a success. He had one good season in that contract. It was a rebuild or should have been a rebuild season in 2020. They missed the playoffs. 2021, he started his decline. It was just an average running back. And then last year, below average by a lot of the metrics. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess I, I just would have thought people would look into it a little bit more. Uh, good question from Joseph. What's a scenario that would make the Vikings regret cutting him? I don't see one. I really don't because even if he goes to Miami and runs for 1200 yards at five and a half yards a carry, I don't know, whatever. Right. Uh, that's fine. Um, because the goal was to find out what you have in the backfield. And if the answer is you have nothing, that's fine. You know that you need to make a move there next year and in the future, and you're not spending anything at that position. I I think that there is so much value in seeing what Kenny Wongwu can do, seeing how Alexander Madison is as the main back, seeing if Ty Chandler can play and can be that future guy. And even if Delvin Cook does something really good for another team, this team really wasn't in a position for that to matter. And also no guarantee that he would have done it for this team uh, either, but I don't, I don't think there is a scenario where they regret it because if they go into 2024, knowing they need a running back, they'll draft another one. They'll sign another one. If you ever look at free agency year in and year out, there's always like eight running backs in free agency who you can manage with. And from here on after this is a pass first offense. That is what Kevin O'Connell is going to do. And uh, I co-sign to that. I think that that's the way it should be. And so they're going to look for running backs who can catch the ball out of the backfield, I think, in the future as well. So, you know, I, I there's another question here um, from Ryan. Do you think O-line continuity will improve our run game regardless of who's at running back? That's a good question. But the, the funny thing is, and I know that there's always going to be factors that go into the PFF grades and that it's not a thousand percent of all truth in this universe. It's just people who have a way of grading that graded every team the same way. And they graded the Vikings run blocking is very good last year. And that to me actually matches up with their skills. Uh, You know, Ingram is a big guy, he's powerful guy. Cleveland, I think is a really good run blocker. That's what Garrett Bradbury was drafted to do. Um, I do think that O-line continuity does help, but I think it helps maybe more in the passing game. That's the, that's the reason that you move on probably as you watch the tape back and go, well, they blocked and he didn't get the yards he was supposed to get. Uh, just want a couple more here 
from the comment section. Is McKinnon a good example of getting a yes. cheap running back with high impact? 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Yes. That you can go to free agency. Well, Latavius Murray for the Vikings. You can go to free agency and get someone who can help you. Um, let's see. One more from Daniel. Uh, AD was probably the last running back to get a crazy contract. If I'm not mistaken, I think Adrian Peterson's contract is still more than anybody has gotten since then at the running back position, which is funny because it was like 10 years ago. Yeah. It, it, it's crazy. And, you know, I don't know what your opinion on this is, Jonathan. I understand where the running backs are coming from, but that's kind of life. It's yes. just kind of life. If kickers, hey, some kickers are great. The best <laughs> kicker in the world, Justin Tucker. Who wants him more than the Minnesota Vikings in this world? A kicker who makes all of them? Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Even from 38 yards uh, or 27 in the snow? Can you do it? <laughs> Justin Tucker can. How much would you pay for it? 40 million? No. <laughs> right? Like all the all the positions have value and have a replaceable <laughs> factor. And that's just kind of facts of life when it comes to running back is that there are a lot of running backs who can do the same things. Yeah. And with this and with teams wanting more versatile guys, you're going to find these guys all over the place. You're not going to have these just workhorse running backs who are going to demand the ball all the time. And they're going to demand big salaries because you're relying on them so much. It's just not going to happen anymore because teams are looking for more versatility in that position. That's one of the things that always bit Dalvin cook is that he just never was the pass catching back that this offensive, this offense needed and that it was looking for. And that's going to be a spot where whatever team gets him is going to realize that really quickly is that he's just not that kind of running back. And they're going to have to rely on some of those other guys to do that. And uh, going back to the, the Jarek McKinnon point, that's absolutely true is that he is, he is the, the perfect example of that because he did the run blocking as well. And you saw the impact that he had or the pass blocking as well. Pass you blocking, saw the impact. Yeah. He had in the Super Bowl. I mean, catching catching a touchdown pass out of the backfield on an incredibly good route that kind of changed the game for the Chiefs. That that kind of back is what teams are looking for, and you can find them all over the place, especially on the free agent market late in the season. I mean, those guys are there, and they're ha- they have fresh legs going later in the season. And so, yeah, the 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 age of the Adrian Peterson type contracts is long gone. It's just not going to happen anymore, and I don't see it ever returning because of the way this game is moving towards this pass first offense style that is winning team Super Bowls after Super Bowl after Super Bowl. It's just uh, a big money running back is just not going to be a thing that we see much often. Folks, I know you have heard me talk a ton about my Oakley sunglasses this summer, but the more I wear them, the more I like them. I went on a little summer vacation and spent a ton of time outside in the sun. And let me tell you, before these, I had to squint even when I had sunglasses on. But these matte black prism sapphire polar sunglasses protected my eyes, and I think I looked pretty great as well. I was able to stay outside for hours rather than getting beaten down by the sun like I have in the past. And now I am confident that when training camp comes around, I will be able to keep both eyes on all the positional battles. Oakley is changing the game and it's time for you to discover a whole new world of possibilities. They are suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing to be an extension of yourself, an expression of your personality more than meets the eye. So make a sunglasses upgrade today at oakley.com. Oakley even offers prism lens technology 
What is that, you ask? It is a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. And if you want to know more, you can do your own research at oakley.com. When you wear Oakley, there is more than meets the eye. Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses, and I can assure you that Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality as well. Head on over to oakley.com for more information today. Oakley, express your style and build a look that's made for you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Yeah, they're going to have to, these running backs, just make the most of your first contract because even we're seeing with Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley, who are, in my opinion, better running backs than Delvin Cook, and they're still struggling to get uh, money. So a couple of questions off of this, though. Uh, Is Delvin Cook going to outgain the Vikings running backs this year? I don't think so because wherever he goes, especially if it's Miami, they're not going to use him like... Dalvin Cook has been used in the past and with the way the Vikings look like they're going to go and have a have kind of a multi running back system here uh, uh I'm forgetting the word but they're going to have multiple running backs uh in a rotation it I don't think that Dalvin Cook wherever he goes is going to be leaned upon like he thinks he is and and if if Raheem Mostert is the guy behind him he's going to get a lot of touches as well so I just don't see Dalvin Cook out out rushing the Vikings, whoever they're putting out on the field this year. By the way, most of what we said was part of our Oakley stats focus <laughs> presented by uh, the sunglasses from Oakley. So uh, we appreciate them for sponsoring the show throughout the summer of which I played golf today. And guess what? I brought the shades. I brought the other ones. I just, I feel like these are to look cool on the show ish yeah. and sort of just be like, have fun. But the ones that I take out in public are not quite as gaudy. I'm just saying, like, but they, <laughs> they're, not, they're very helpful, though. Very helpful. They're not very the bright today, Jefferson gold bit. ones he's wearing down in Brazil right now. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I'm not on that level. I'm not. On that. <laughs> I'm not even on this level. That's the thing. But they were very helpful because it was actually bright out today with the smoke clearing up a little bit. Uh, one more question off of this: Who is the? Oh, I I don't think he's outgaining the Vikings running backs. By the way. I, I, I don't think that's yeah. going to be the case. They'll probably gain like 1,400 yards as a group and maybe 900 of it goes to Madison and 400 goes to Chandler. And, uh, you know, I, I'm very intrigued. I have been for three years by Kenny Wongwu, and I'm just going to keep going back to the well until it breaks through and it happens. Um, but when there's a dude this quick and this fast, I'm, I'm very interested uh, to see how that battle plays out. 
for the first time. It has been a long time since I've covered a running back battle in training camp, really since 2017. Uh, so I want to know also who the Viking player is that left and did the most damage outside of, of course, Randy Moss going to the Patriots and them having a perfect season. I'm trying to think. I've been looking up this one and I'm struggling to come up with anybody who did a ton of damage once they left, especially over the past couple of years, because usually Mike Zimmer had that correct on these guys outside of a couple corner or a, a cornerback or two. But most of the time he had it correct on when these, when it was time to move on from these guys, the guy I think of the most right now, recently Cordell Patterson, because he continued to be one of the best kick returners, if not the best kick returner in NFL history with just what he was able to do. And the other teams actually decided to use him from the running back position as well, which proved to be pretty successful, uh, especially in Atlanta last year. So he's my first answer that I can come up with right now is, is Cordero Patterson had has created the most damage since leaving Minnesota. Yeah. Like that. You're right. That not too many guys left the Vikings in recent years and then really crushed somewhere else. Um, yeah. Uh, does digs yeah. count is a, yeah. is a good question. I mean, left sort of you get a first round pick it turns into jefferson he i mean yes, yes like he has yeah. done the most damage for sure it's i guess the part of it is and you regret it deeply is yeah. another yeah. part of it i mean with digs it's the reason you don't regret it deeply is because of justin jefferson um this is a great answer here case <laughs> cookus usfl legend uh, has been really fantastic in that league uh how about chris dolman when chris dolman yeah. Uh, left the Vikings. He, I just called this up, had 62 career sacks in 83 games after he left the Vikings. Uh, Rich Gannon gets into this conversation uh, many years later, but still mm -hmm. Rich Gannon enough. But the other guys, Xavier Rhodes, Everson Griffin, Linval Joseph, uh, you know, there wasn't one of those seasons where yeah. he went like, oh, wow, the Vikings cut the cord too early and that guy went somewhere else and crushed it. So in recent history, yeah, there has been um, fewer of this. And, and I don't really expect, I guess the other part of the question would be which one of the guys that left this year might someone look at and be like, oh, kind of regrets that that guy has a good season. Uh, I don't think Taylor Heineke counts. I mean, Taylor Heineke had some fun moments that playoff yeah. game against Tampa Bay. He's won some games, but he's, you know, I mean, he's, he's sort of been what Taylor Heineke is. Uh, good for him though. Career out of an undrafted, but uh, which one of the guys that left this offseason has the potential to do the most damage somewhere else? I would say probably Zadarius Smith has the best potential. I don't see it happening for Eric Kendricks because it's the same defense he was in this last season and it didn't seem to be that good of a fit. Maybe it's a little bit more well-run than Ed Donatel's and he fits a little bit better out in Los Angeles, but uh, the same defense factor kind of makes me a little nervous there. Adam Thielen he's probably going to be pretty decent in Carolina, but that all depends on how Bryce Young uh, adapts to the NFL. Zadarius Smith, though, is going into what seems like it could be a good defense. He's got a really good edge rusher on the other side of him uh, to take up some some of the offensive blocking cap capabilities from the other side. So I think he might have the most impact this season. I don't think it's going to be a very long run for him because of his age and his injury history uh, alone, but I think he has the 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 capabilities to do it this year. Okay. Let me present this scenario to you. Okay. Vikings play against Carolina Panthers that week five, I think week four, week four, I think it is. So they're playing against Carolina Panthers. All right. 
So the the Vikings, they're in a little more of a battle than we expect. They, at the very last minute, they drive down the field and they get a lead with about a minute left. They kick off, Carolina gets the ball, Bryce Young kind of driving them a little bit. And there's only a few seconds left in the game. Bryce Young rolls out, throws kind of a prayer. But here comes Lewis Seen. He's taking a bit of a bad angle. Thielen jumps up for the ball, keeps his balance, goes down the sideline. Joe Buck says Thielen sideline touchdown, and Carolina beats the Vikings. I think it's inevitable, right? (laughs) You paint quite the picture there. I I don't know that Joe Buck would be doing it because I don't think it's a Monday night game. But, yeah, it's – it's or or a good enough point. game to have any good broadcast <laughs> probably for that one honestly yes. <laughs> that too we'll uh, yeah, Albert for that one <laughs> oh yeah it's very much inevitable that that's going to happen you let the hometown kid go he goes on to somewhere else all motivated and he's going to have a good game it's just how things play out for Minnesota sports teams I I totally agree that that is absolutely what will happen uh, when they play each other this season I could see also a Kendrick's pick six right uh, very possible. Yeah. Uh, oh, man, that would, Patrick that would just be a dagger. Patrick Peterson, they're not going to play the Vikings, but like could be part of a good defense there. The one that I, I agree with this one being brought up, Irv Smith Jr. in the Bengals offense, there's always been that Irv potential there. Mm-hmm. We've always known about the Irv potential. He was clearly not a fit with what they were doing last year here. And then the injury happened and he might not ever stay healthy. But if he does, he might become a good player. And we've just seen this numerous times with tight ends where they go to somewhere else and then they turn out to be you know, a halfway decent player or, or maximize their potential after a few years. So I like that one. Um, but I think that your answer is actually right. It's probably Zadarius Smith. The Chargers, if they're really good, Kendricks could be playing deep into the playoffs. That's always possible mm-hmm. as well. Um, so anyway, well, a, a lot, uh, a lot of meat on the bone there with the Delvin cook topic, uh, on the, on the written side of things, uh, I did a bunch of quarterback rankings for the Vikings. I know you read the article. I included best deep ball, most fun Vikings quarterback, biggest, what if best season. So uh, let's go through those one by one. And, uh, I'm very interested in your picks and in the chats picks as well for these. So for the Vikings, all-time Vikings quarterbacks, best deep ball, who did you pick, Jonathan? I know you told me to pick differently than you, but I I really struggled to pick somebody different than Jeff George. I mean, you had it correctly that the cannon, the fact that cameras couldn't keep up with the ball's flight path and the flight speed of it was just incredible. I think Dante Culpepper might deserve to be up a little bit higher just because when Brett Favre was here, he was a little bit older, didn't have as much of a cannon. So in Vikings terms of Brett Favre, then I think Culpepper deserves to be a little higher. And then maybe Bradford as well, because that guy had an absolute cannon. We only got to see it really for one game uh, in, the, in that Saints game at the beginning of 2017. Um, but I think he deserves maybe to be a little bit higher. But I think for the most part, you got this list pretty correct with Jeff George being at the top. I would maybe just flip Culpepper for Favre there. Jonathan, you're not supposed to tell people that I told you to make different picks for me. <laughs> So we could go back and forth. That's uh, you're supposed to keep that in the email. Sorry. Uh, but Breaking anyway, well, uh, now, I'm, now I'm going to have to be concerned what I email to you and you're just going to tell the audience. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I had, I had Jeff George, Brett Favre, Dante Culpepper, Wade Wilson, and Randall Cunningham as, as the top five with Bradford coming in as sixth. I, I think that there is a case for, uh, and, and I guess Favre would probably argue that that San Francisco throw proves that he still had the gas on the fastball. That's probably but fair, yeah. 
I, I think the Culpepper one is interesting to maybe argue for number one because of how much success he and Randy Moss had mm-hmm. throwing deep. And Randall Cunningham, too, for only one season, but sure, had a lot of you know, success throwing deep to Randy Moss. But Culpepper could throw it so high and so far underneath yeah. Randy Moss that it might beat out anybody else except for Jeff George. I mean, just... Okay, that's good. Uh, I can recall Josh Freeman can throw it out of the earth. I mean, that is an old meme. That's like when memes were memes, when they were first beginning to be memes. Is that like maybe Reddit came up with that one? Uh, that's good. So, yeah, I mean, it. what really stands out too is when you have guys that had cannons like Warren Moon or, or even Tommy Kramer could really chuck it down the field, being seventh or eighth, this is the team that might have the Mount Rushmore of arm strength. Uh, for all time. Okay. So the other one, let's see uh, the most fun. Who did you have as the most fun Vikings quarterback of all time? Uh, Fran Tarkenton up for one Brett Favre though. That season was so much fun for me uh, just as a Vikings fan uh, that year. Uh, totally speaking, just on the field stuff. Uh, there was nothing more fun than having a team that was just that good and had that many uh, great moments in the season. Case Keenum deserves to be up high pretty pretty much as well because of his season as, as well as his just uh, could care less attitude whether he screws up or not. The fact that his head coach wanted to pull him off the field at all times just because he couldn't stand the risks that Case Keenum was taking. Dante Culpepper, though, deserves a really high ranking as well just because of the size, the speed, and his his ability to just chuck it downfield as we talked about. But the 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 fact for the fact that he was just so big and was able to run over linebackers is always is always a really fun to see. It's fun to see thing. I'm going to have Dante Culpepper probably two right after Tarkenton with Favre as three and then Keenum as four probably. And Culpepper was a lot of fun to see succeed when yes. he had great games. You know, he did the, the celebration mm-hmm. and all that. There was a lot, there was a lot of fun. I mean, there are a lot of entertaining quarterbacks on this list. The old school, old school fans will say Joe Cap because even the old NFL films made fun of how Joe Cap had no arm. They were just like, <laughs> what the, Pat Summerall used to do the voiceovers for NFL films for some of the years. And there was one video where he says the only thing on the ball was the logo when Joe Cap was throwing it. It's like, wow, really slamming uh, the arm strength there. He threw some ugly passes, but you know, ran over people, found ways to win games. Uh, I also think that Kirk cousins last year, it's like that year is separate from he was no fun to watch a lot of times uh, during his career, especially when he would have the down games. But mm-hmm. last year, he was really fun to watch. I mean, he got hit a lot. He always bounced back up, had a lot of game-winning drives, like exciting plays, and seeing the team come around him puts him on this list for just last year alone, uh, not super high on the list. And Jim McMahon averaged like five yards an attempt and won a bunch of games. That makes no sense and is hilarious, and he deserves it just for that. But Fran Targeton is the answer, though. I mean, he won a ton, and he did it by scrambling, running around, making plays. It's just sometimes I wish we had an AI, and I don't want to give AI any ideas because, (laughs) you know, it's already kind of scary to begin with. But more scared of AI than Diet Coke, just uh, to call back (laughs) to the beginning of the show. But that would make an old football game look like today's football game. And so we could watch it, but it would look like today's just have it in 
HD and just have the clarity of it and kind of the broadcast of it so we could watch back some of those old games and they wouldn't look like grainy nonsense if you're trying to do it. And we can only kind of live a lot of them through NFL films just to show how good Fran Tarkenton was for his day and how much fun he was as a, a great scrambler. But a lot of potential nominations for that list. How about the best season? What do you think the best season ever by a Vikings quarterback? I think the top three, and not in this particular order, the top three belong to 98 Randall Cunningham, 04 Dante Culpepper, and 2009 Brett Favre. But I'm not going to have them in that order because I think Randall Cunningham gets the knock in this category because of the receivers that he had to be able to throw to in Chris Carter, Randy Moss, and Jake Reed. The other two seasons, they didn't have that good of receivers because 04 Culpepper had a knocked up Randy or had a knocked up uh, Randy Moss. He had a injuries. A dinged up Randy Moss, yeah, not a knocked up, that, up Randy yeah. Moss. I don't know what I was thinking. That's a, a totally different thing. <laughs> Glasses are throwing me <laughs> off, color. Uh, a dinged up Randy Moss. He had he had a couple injuries that season, so he was relying on Nate Burleson a lot in that season. Uh, and then Brett Favre had Sidney Rice, had uh, Percy Harvin, and then Adrian Peterson was up there as well as a guy he threw to a lot, uh, and Vasante Shanko as well. Uh I'm going to give those two guys the bump over Randall Cunningham just because of the receivers they had to throw to and the rest of the offense they had to work with. Granted, Cunningham had the greatest, led the greatest offense of all time at that time, but with what those guys worked with and to have the seasons they had and to lead the seasons they led, I think they get the bump over Cunningham because of that. So it's probably for me, 04 Culpepper, 09 Favre, and then 98 Randall Cunningham in that order. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. And uh, from the history books, 75 Fran Tarkenton wins the MVP of the league. So he yep. deserves to, uh, to be you know, in that conversation. Uh, Joe Capps season in 69 will just never not be one of the craziest guy shows up kind of out of nowhere in that season. But uh, yeah, I think I would argue for Cunningham here to say that he had the best one uh, because of where the league was at at that time. And the greatest show on turf comes around the next year. So, yeah. you know, it was advancing a bit, but it was not a put up crazy passing stats league at that time outside of a few quarterbacks outside of Steve Young. You know, Dan Marino had done it for a good portion of his career, but there were not guys who were throwing for 4,000 plus yards on a regular basis. And to do what they did offensively, I know it's Moss. And there might be an argument since Jeff George stepped in the following season and did what he did that anybody could throw to Moss like that. But, you know, you, you look at the numbers, it's one of the great quarterback seasons ever in history at, at the time, as you, as you said, 
I tend to lean toward that one because of that and kind of say, well, look, yeah, obviously Moss is part of it, but for the most part, great receivers are usually part of all time, great quarterback season. So, and if we put that element aside, like it may have been harder for the other guys to do it a little bit, but just by the pure numbers who did it the absolute best, uh, I would go with Randall Cunningham. So uh, very good stuff. Do you want some? Oh, okay. Yeah. Match games. I forgot that I included this, but uh, I was, I enjoyed starting to mild Twitter controversy about the Taylor Swift concert. And you got people going. First of all, I mean, get over yourselves. People. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just like there are other things in the world that are exciting other than football. I hate to tell but, you, I mean, no. I, I don't know a lot about them, but uh, <laughs> nor did I know, nor do I know a ton about Taylor Swift anyway, but uh, the ticket situation was good for us. It, it kind of worked out really nicely. And my wife is a big fan. So we had a good time. And so did everybody else there because they went ballistic mm-hmm. for four straight hours. And it was crazy. So I tweeted out that, you know, it was like the Minneapolis miracle energy, like 15 different times. And what I meant was it. And obviously if you read the tweet, I didn't say it was better than the Minneapolis miracle. I just said that it matched that peak insane energy where the whole stadium is just going through the roof. Yeah. A bunch of different times during her show, when she came out, when she played some of the hits and we are talking about, 60,000 people, not just singing along, screaming their brains out along. And I also want to mention too, she has a band that is incredible as you would assume that she brings along the best musicians in the world. So this band is just bringing it the entire night. They have a insane light show. They give out wristbands that light up the entire arena. Uh, They had fire, maybe take a hint Vikings. You can use fire inside. I, the, the I know NFL. it's not Vikings. I yeah. should say Vikings. NFL, Raj, <laughs> take a hint that stadium shows are using fire. You can too. So anyway, that Just was don't the let point. the Tennessee course, Titans do it. People intentionally went out of their way to be mad because that's what they do on the internet. That's why they log in. That's why they get up in the morning for some. So uh, I went. So here, but here's the here's the match game to finish the show. I got uh, a couple of them. We'll start with this. So I went to the, to the Taylor Swift concert. Some people were mad that I said it had as much energy on multiple occasions as the Minneapolis Miracle. But believe it or not, you know, people like other stuff. The Vikings and T-Swift connections, though, pretty wild. So much that the show, when it ended, she did blank. She screamed, Diggs, sideline, touchdown, <laughs> the end. <laughs> You know, I wish there was like odds or someone made fake odds about what jersey she was going to wear and she didn't have any Viking jersey. I was hoping that she would do like Purple Rain or something. I don't think it's really possible because this show is created down to the very second, but it would have been cool if she pulled out Purple Rain or something Minnesota related. I like the way. To back up what you said about the stadium going crazy, I have a friend who works at the stadium and he said the area that he works in he's there pretty much every for every event because he just works there all the time. The area that he works in was shaking during the Taylor Swift concert. It's never shaken before is what he was saying. And all the, all the rest of his coworkers were saying the same thing. They're like we've never experienced anything like this. Like, yes, the Minneapolis miracle was crazy, was loud, but it's never been shaking before. Like it was for Taylor Swift. Also, you have to understand that people who like Taylor Swift like her similarly to how you like the Vikings. Mm-hmm. So like it's the same thing. It's the same level of excitement. And yeah, there was 
there was more uh, probably more energy with everyone jumping up and down and screaming mm-hmm. at whatever. Anyway, that's not the point. Uh, but kind of the close, maybe the closest thing to Elvis or something, how that would have been with people just going completely nuts. And it was uh, interesting to be a part of it. Every person who had actually gone tweeted me and was like, no, this is this is actually true. Uh, mm-hmm. So just an observation. But anyway, so uh, so much with the Vikings and T-Swift connections that at the end of the show, she blanked. I went with kicked a 38 yard field goal. All right, Minneapolis, good night. Thanks for coming. Boop. And it's good. <laughs> right Vikings would have immediately right signed her to a five-year contract. Line. She's got a good leg, that Taylor Swift. Very accurate. Would have made every field goal this year. Vikings would have signed her to an immediate five-year contract if she made a 38-yard field goal. <laughs> she nailed it from 38. <laughs> Although Greg Joseph was great in uh, training camp last year and it didn't work out. So anyway, there's... <laughs> probably hundreds of Vikings related answers there. But uh, anyway, I, you could go like a Mike Zimmer reference and say like popped an eyeball or something, you know, or, uh, sold her Super Bowl tickets. Like Mike Tice, you could go with that one um, that she, Oh, well, here's a good one. Threw it to Justin Jefferson instead of checking down. That's a great one. Yep. 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 Like that. Like that. Uh, lots of different ways. You know, she left on a boat after the concert. <laughs> could go with that. Goodness. There's there's directions you could take that. Any way you want to. Uh, the people who were tracking her plane when it left, though. Okay, now you've gone too That's weird. That's a little weird. Screaming 22, all good. Tracking her, the lady's plane, nope. But we gotta, we, we gotta calm down. I will say the, the one nutty part where people were like too much for me was the lines for merch. It's yeah. a T-Swift t-shirt. Come on. You can buy it on the website. Can't you? I don't know. Probably. I, you can probably get one anywhere. You can make one yourself. Just right. go on to like, a anyway, uh, <laughs> you can do it if you want. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, the other ones, though, PFT headlines, the inane headlines that we love so much. Uh, this one from Pro Football Talk. Micah Parsons dares his opponents to blank. Mm. What is dares he daring his, his opponents to do? Dares his opponents to. Oh, man. Why am I struggling on this one? I had a couple of days to think about this. I've This is the one I've struggled on the most is this one. Dares his opponents to leave the quarterback unblocked. See if, see if they'll do it on him. You get, I don't know. I struggled on this one. I suck at this stuff. You know, I do. I know. That's why I've got other it, ones for. That's, that's one of the reasons you do I it. love the bit. Cause you struggle so much. Uh, I got stuff for other, for the other ones. Just not this one. I couldn't think of one for this one. I went, um, go to Chipotle and have <laughs> no avocado. Uh, that's uh, or no guac. No, no, no guac at Chipotle. Like dares his opponents. I dare you to get no guac. Okay. See, that's, I don't like guac. So that'd be me. Well, I know I don't like guac either, but I thought it sounded funny. Yeah. Just like he dare, he dares his opponents to like uh, try sushi for the first time. They're, they're <laughs> said like, all right, we're ready to block you. And he's like, have you ever had it? It's like, it's better than you think. And they're like, isn't it raw fish? Uh, there's opponents to run the ball more like his head coach wants. Any any excuse to take a shot at Mike McCarthy? I have to, any man. Excuse. The guy's just ridiculous. Okay, the, re- the real answer is to stop him. He dares his opponents to stop him. 
it's really rough in the off season for some of these content creators, isn't it? It's pretty tough. It's, I mean, you could, you could go like he dares his opponents to jump over that Creek or whatever, you know, just <laughs> like, what do you dare, you know, your friends to do like uh, ride their bicycle and put a baseball card in it. I don't know. What do you TP a house? Anyway, uh, Jahan Dotson says it's my blank year. It's my Randy ratio year. Okay. If Jahan Dotson was even old enough. Yeah. Or <laughs> probably doesn't Randy know what ratio. that means. <laughs> I went, uh, it's, it, it's my, I was trying to work this into, I'm sorry. I, this one I kind of botched cause I wanted to make it like, it's my year of the dog or whatever, you know, right. year, year, year of the, you know, whatever that doesn't, it doesn't quite work. Maybe, maybe the chat will have to figure that one out better. <laughs> the, the actual headline is it's my breakout year. If you say that though, is it really like, even if it does become your breakout year, you've said it, does that really mean you deserve a breakout year? Because I don't know. It just feels like if you have to say it, it's probably not going to happen. Well, what, but what person's going to be like, it's my struggle bus year. It's, <laughs> I, I like, I like this from, from Derek. It's my good hair year. I like that. I like that. That's good. That's a good one. That is a good one. Uh, anyway. Okay. Last one. Miles Garrett looking blank as camp approaches. Man, the, the real headline kind of ruins it. So. I had looking good, but that's kind of what the real headline is. But I mean, Miles Garrett looking out of shape as camp approaches because that's just not going to happen. Miles Garrett just. I went with, no, it's not going to happen. I went with at something in the distance. Like, Miles <laughs> Garrett is looking at something in the distance as camp approaches. Looking over his shoulder. What's over there? Like that <laughs> inane headlines. Uh, to Spencer's question about the Hot Routes uh, podcast feed. The reason is I've been putting our Tuesday night shows in the purple insider feed because we have mostly focused on just the Vikings in these recent shows. That's basically looking at buying crypto is a that's great a one. See, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's perfect. <laughs> that's exactly why we do this. Um, that's fantastic. That's a great answer. Yeah. But that's mostly why is that we've been focusing so much on Vikings in the show that I've put it in the purple insider feed rather than, uh, the hot routes feed, because what it was originally invented for was to go around the NFL week by week, which we will get back to doing uh, as there's like games to talk about and things like that. But since it's mostly just turned into us talking Vikings and messing around, I figured I would just put it on the, the purple insider feed so that, yeah, I should have mentioned that. Um, but it's that it's not dead. It will come back as training camp and the season starts. I think we did it uh, in the like traditional hot routes fashion during like the the peak of the off season but just not so much during this kind of dead time so anyway that's the answer to that uh try harder next time jonathan to be more ridiculous when it comes to these i'll see what i can do uh, anyway good times thanks for everybody for participating and for watching i am going to go watch the Lynx game because it's starting at nine o'clock and uh so everybody enjoy your nights and uh we will be around very soon. And and by the way, anybody watching, if you got fans only questions, I'll be doing some more fans only podcasts. This is a heck of a great time to get your fans only questions in because there's not a lot going on. So I am up for pretty much talking about anything. 
Uh, so feel free to send those purpleinsider.com or at Matthew Collar on Twitter. Thanks for your help, Jonathan. And uh, we will catch you all later.